Right, the first reading is from Luke, verse, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I'll be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, from verse 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So Advent already, there we go, who'd have believed it? Well, it must be Advent because the shops are full of things, they've got rid of all the Halloween stuff and it's Christmas, so time to prepare. Um, Why not five weeks? We're not Anglicans, are we? So 
we want to make Advent five weeks, we can. That's fine. We can make it as long as we want. So we're going to start off this series, and the idea of this series is it's going to try and sort of parallel the, the study materials that you've got. We're going to look at five different aspects uh, that come out through the five weeks of the study materials. Um, it's not been the easiest thing to kind of to make work, but we're going to kind of we're going to make it happen somehow. Um, and um, I'm away for one of the weeks here, and Adrian's going to to pop in to do something. I think on Kings, maybe I can't remember. I haven't told him yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so interruptions—that's the theme for today. Interruptions. Some of you will know that um, one of my pet peeves at the moment is uh, mobile phones. Is that thing when you're having a conversation with someone, when you're meeting with someone or talking to them, and you're, you know, chatting away, or they're talking to you, and their phone goes, ding, and without any hesitation, they simply stop conversing with you, or they stop listening to you, pick up their phone, and off they go for the next five minutes or so, and then they put it back down, and then they turn around, and it's like, as if you weren't there at all. <coughs> it's something I know I've been guilty of, and I try not to do it now, and if my phone goes bing, and, I, and I'm waiting for something, I will say to whoever I'm talking to, do you mind if I just uh, check this to see which of my children needs money, or whatever <laughs> it might be. But interruptions in life seem to come from all over the place. One of my other peeves, and I don't know, maybe you've met these people. You know, you're stood having a conversation with somebody, and then someone else just walks in and just starts talking to that person. And you just, you just get lost, you get left behind, and the person you're talking to starts talking to them, and you're just like, oh, right, okay, we're over then. We're finished. That's the... Perhaps the interruptions of those visitors that you kind of weren't expecting today. And you, uh, you know, you'd planned your day out and you were going to relax in front of the telly or whatever it was, or nod off in front of the telly. <coughs> and the doorbell goes and you're just like, oh, who on earth wants to come and visit me? Interruptions. That's what we're kind of trying to think about today. Most people, I think, have really high expectations for Christmas. It's one of the causes of, of a lot of stress for people. And I think it begins with the fact that people have really high expectations for Christmas every year. We want everything this Christmas to be perfect. We want it to be the perfect Christmas. Is that true? Yeah, sort of. Oh, you miserable lot. You're okay with mediocre. <laughs> Fine, put up with mediocre. I think we want Christmas to be special. We want it to be perfect somehow. And probably we've got in our minds these pictures of what that looks like, about who's there, about the children playing, about church services, about different songs, people smiling, all the family being in the same room and getting on with each other. <laughs> it's not always that way, is it? That's the problem. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, the song tells us. But for many, that's not true about Christmas. That might be because of interruptions 
like I'm talking about now, but sometimes it can be because there are other things that happen in our lives that seem to come along and rob us of the joy that Christmas really ought to be. It could be sickness, it could be death, divorce, loneliness, unemployment, all sorts of things that can just come in and steal the joy that Christmas is or is meant to be. And we look to Christmas to be that season, <clears throat> to be a time of peace and harmony and joy. But you know, that first Christmas wasn't really, for many people, a time of peace and harmony and joy in very practical ways. It was a season of interruptions. <clears throat> interruptions can happen at any good time. Consider the timing of Joseph and Mary. They were engaged, engaged to be married. As an engaged couple, we can imagine that they had, in the months leading up to this, been talking together about their plans for their future, what they were going to do, what life would look like once they were married. Perhaps they had imagined what their family would look like, the work that Joseph would do, how they would settle into their town. They'd got plans, for sure. It should have been a wonderful time. But it was during this time that this angel appears to Mary and tells her that she is miraculously, as a virgin, going to conceive and give birth to the Son of God. Well, that's good news, really. But it's something of an interruption. It's something of an unexpected change to the plans that she and Joseph had. How on earth was she going to explain what was going to happen to Joseph? How was she going to tell him this news? Would he believe what she was going to tell him? Would he be willing to take on the responsibility that the angel had just dumped on her? Well, it wasn't dumped, obviously it was beautifully sung to her, but it was an interruption to everything that she'd got prepared, planned. This was not what they had in mind. And yet we're told and we read and we know that she accepts it. She accepts what the angel says to her. She takes it on. And we know how Joseph responded. We know that his plans for a happy home with this woman that he loved were kind of, perhaps in that moment, felt dashed. All those plans now We've got to rethink these. His life, as well as hers, has been powerfully interrupted. If we're not careful how we respond to the interruptions in life that we will encounter, just like Mary and Joseph encountered, can send us down a wrong path. See, Joseph nearly went down the wrong path. Joseph's story is one that gets missed so much. We know that he nearly went the wrong way. When he discovered that Mary was pregnant, he was devastated. And as much as he loved her, he wanted to be with her. There was nothing but to divorce her. We have to remember that for, for Joseph and Mary at that time, a betrothal, an engagement at that time, was much more than the idea of an engagement nowadays. The only way out of an engagement on a marriage was a divorce, was a separation. 
formal separation. In fact, if Joseph had been a very stubborn man, then he could have had Mary stoned to death. Infidelity would have been what people would have perceived to have happened. But we're told he was a good man. He was a man of the law, but his, his heart went beyond the law. And he didn't want her harmed or embarrassed. And so he works out in his mind that the solution to this problem is to quietly divorce her. It's a big thing. And although it's the wrong thing, it's a big thing that Joseph does, that he works out in his mind. He approaches this interruption, this potential embarrassment, with an amazing heart. And we should remember that. Even though Joseph was going to do still the wrong thing, he was trying to do the best, the best that he could work out. We can't blame Joseph, really, for the conclusion he comes to in his human mind. But this was his human response to this powerful interruption. And it would have been a real mistake. And that's because often these interruptions that will break into our lives result in us making sort of knee-jerk reactions or decisions. We make decisions that later we realize if we'd been better informed at the time, we wouldn't make again. I'm sure we can all think back on times when we've made decisions as a knee-jerk reaction to something, and later on we've looked back and thought, why on earth did I do that? Why didn't I wait and work out what a better response would be? We have to be careful when we face interruptions in our lives and in our faith journey, that we don't just react according to our, our fears and our feelings. Because those two things drive our reactions. Fear and feeling. And the key to handling these interruptions is, is that we've got to try and behave like Mary and Joseph did. We've got to get God's take on it. Now, they got God's take on it because he came and spoke to them. He told them what his take on the situation was. Thankfully, we know that God rescues Joseph from making the, the, the mistake. Even though it was well-intended, God rescues him from that mistake. We can imagine Joseph. He's learned what's gone on there. He's told him the situation. He's been trying to work out what to do. And he comes to a decision. He's going to divorce her privately. And then, as he sleeps, the angel appears to him. And everything changes. Joseph awakes with a different, changed mind. He's not going to divorce her. He'll take her as his wife. He's going to help raise this miraculous child. He's got now God's perspective on this interrupted new future. And so the story for us, the lesson for us, is that when we encounter interruptions into our life, whatever they may be, we need to find ways to make sure that we don't discover and uh, that we don't react with that knee-jerk feelings and fear response. And that comes and only comes when we choose to seek 
God's direction in our lives. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, 6, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In all your ways, submit to him. I think we're quite good at putting some of our ways before God. The easy ones when everything seems to be straightforward, when what God's planning already seems to line up with what we've got in mind for our lives, we're quite comfortable to put those things before God and let him make our path straight. But when something changes, when the direction seems to be going not where we planned, we still then need to be people that will submit those things to him, submit those interruptions, those challenges, those deviations from where we thought we were going. (coughs) So how do we go about that? How do we go about seeking God's direction in the middle of an interruption? Because I'm going to be straight with you, I'm pretty sure you're not going to get an angel visit you every time God needs to change your direction. It would be pretty impressive if you did, and if you do, please let me know. We need to be proactive in this. And there are three P's we're going to look at. Prayer, perspective, and God's providence. Prayer. The first thing we need to do when our life is interrupted is stop and pray. We need to be people who pray before we've made our decision, not afterwards asking God why he doesn't seem to have agreed with us. But that is what we end up doing. We find ourselves in a situation, we come to a conclusion about the best way forward, and then we, if we do get around to praying, we go to tell God what it is. And then maybe God says, oh no. We need to be people who are ready to take the situations that we face when they challenge us or seem to be going off in a different direction, straight to God. We need to be people who are in in a relationship with God that is such that it's the first thing we do. We sit down with God and we listen. We hear what God wants to tell us about what's changing in our life. So that then, we, along with our partners or our family or whoever it might be, can actually say, well, you know this is happening and I really believe this is what God wants us to do. Prayer needs to be our first response. Secondly, we need to get perspective. We need to get perspective on the interruptions in our lives. And I say that to a community of people who live next to the A14. Life with the A14 seems to be a life of interruptions and diversions and finding yourself in some remote part of Cambridge in the middle of the night wondering if you are even heading in the right direction anymore. Just last week I had to to pick Christopher up on Friday from rehearsals late in Cambridge and we decided we're coming back, got on the M11, and then the next thing I know, I'm heading for Newmarket and 
tried to get off at Impington and that's closed. And then um, Milton Interchange and then someone smashes into the side of me and then, and the whole thing is interrupted. And at the time, I was calm. As we came off the M11, I was just ranting about the A14. Why on earth am I going this way? What's happening? We'll never get home before such and such a time. And Christopher just sat there grinning at me. Yes. <laughs> Do you know, sometimes we have to get perspective. Yeah, we were late getting back. But you know what? We were late getting back. We still got home. And... <clears throat> As long as I've lived here, people have moaned about the A14, and what we want is an A14 that is better, and we hope that it will be. And in the meantime, we're going to put up with the problems. We have to get perspective. If we want things better, sometimes we have to go through changes. And we need to do that with the interruptions that come in our lives. We have to put them in perspective. Do you know, our lives are pretty good, even with the A14. We are blessed people. Compared to the majority of people in this world, we really have got nothing worthy of complaining about. Nothing. And yet we do. We need to put the interruptions in our lives into perspective. How bad is it, really? How long will it really be important? Not how long can I really make this something to moan about, but how long is it really that important? What difference will this interruption make in my life? But what difference will it make eternally? We need to put the interruptions that come into our lives when God is normally moving us to get in line with what he wants for us, what he's planned for us. We need to put them into perspective. And then the third P is providence. We have to keep in mind this. God in his providence is always and will always be in control of our lives. He wants to be in control of our lives. God is a God who created and sustains all things and that's you and me. And he's got a plan and a purpose for us. He has prepared a journey. He's prepared a path. And not only has he prepared a path, he's prepared a way constantly to get us back on path so that we get back to the journey that he wants us to pursue. And nothing can happen in our lives without God's leave, without God's say so. Everything that happens in our lives, God knows. God is aware of. God doesn't take his eye off us for one moment. Do you know just how amazing that is? Do you know how difficult that is? If you're a parent, you know how difficult that is. How many parents here have never taken their eye off their child for one moment? With the best will and intention in the world, and as New parents, when you get that first baby in your hands, you think, I'm never going to take my eye off this child. I'll never let anything happen to them. Bang, wallop, fall over, crash, whatever it is. 
God never takes his eye off his children. Not one of us. He's always watching. Always he's got his eye on us. And always he knows what he needs to do to bring us back on path. Interruptions generally in life we tend to treat as being negative things. Difficult things, annoying, frustrating. But at times, interruptions are positive things. They can be positive things, especially when they are God redirecting our lives. When he's breaking in to the choices and the the path that we're taking, and he's putting us back on the right track. When he interrupts us and the world, and he stops us just listening to what the world is telling us to do, then those interruptions are positive, things for good in our lives. It was true for Mary and Joseph. They may not have realized it right there and then. And truthfully, there may have been times right through their life as parents of Jesus when they wondered what God was doing. They may not have felt all the time positive about the changes God had brought into their lives. But they were. Their plans were interrupted. But what an amazing interruption. Can you imagine a more wonderful privilege or a more challenging responsibility than to be the human parents of the Son of God? The direction of their future, that their future took was not what they had planned or prepared for, but it was much better. I don't say it was easier, but it was much better. Have you ever considered that God could do that kind of thing in your life? That he could lift you up from where you are and the the perfect plan that you think you've already got and he could just change your life completely. I'm not suggesting that he's going to make all of you here parents to the Son of God. But that God wants to interrupt your life. And if we're honest, we know that God needs to interrupt our our lives often. To get us on path. To get us away from where we so easily sort of get dragged by the world. God needs to interrupt our, our lives. What might be seen as an unforeseen problem or or something that that is difficult actually can be God giving us a new start, getting us set again. And whatever interruption that we might be enduring right now, whatever thing we might be facing right now, then we need to look at it in a different light. We need to be people that are able to ask this question, God, are you using this situation to do something great in my life. That might sound, you might be sitting there now saying, David, you're stupid. You don't know my, I know you think that. You you might be thinking, you don't know my situation. You cannot tell me that God is going to do something good out of this. God will do something good out of it. That's his promise. That's what, we're, we're heading towards at Christmas the truth that God has changed our futures forever. 
God has promised that he has a plan for every one of us, and that plan is in Jesus Christ. So whatever that thing might be, that situation that you're trying to deal with, that interruption to the perfect plan, God will do something good out of it. And if we're prepared to believe that, and to go to God and actually say, God, what is it? What is it you are doing for me? Then I absolutely believe he will do marvellous things in your life. Things that you haven't yet even imagined. And if you think your life's pretty good now, just imagine what God's still got left to do. Whatever interruption you may be experiencing heading into Christmas, here's two things that you can do. First, let me say this. Stop chasing that perfect Christmas. Simply because of this, it's already happened. The first Christmas was the perfect Christmas. Everything else is an imitation. And it doesn't matter how much tinsel or glitter you put on it, it'll never be as perfect as that first Christmas. I'm not saying don't enjoy it. This is not me saying I want you all to have miserable Christmases this year. But don't spend your time so fixed on the perfect worldly Christmas that you forget the perfect Christmas that started all this. If we get our focus right on, on what's important, if we make sure that we're in the right place with God, then we will discover that we're able to enjoy Christmas no matter what might come along to sort of set us off. So stop chasing it and make sure that during this time you stop and give thanks to God for Jesus. Remember what this season's about. Because as we praise God, as we give thanks through our services, through our time as family, in the fellowship, in, in whatever events that we might be involved in, and even in the midst of any challenging circumstances that we find ourselves in, Something of the peace that is Jesus. Something of the peace that Jesus came to bring will rest on you.